And this is Last Week in Basketball. We are back. Evan and Austin, Last Week in Basketball. We are a podcast that covers the NBA. We cover what happened last week in basketball. We cover what's going forward in basketball. We play a little NBA game sometimes. We predict things. We talk about different subjects. And this subject of this week, the first episode of the new season, is ranking all the teams in the East. Who we predict will be at the bottom, who will be at the top. And next episode will be all about the West, which I think was a much harder thing for me, at least, to predict. Yeah, no, the West was so much harder. Like, the East, I just breezed through. I was like, these teams suck. These teams are all right. These teams are pretty good. These teams are really good. And then the West, I was like, oh, my God, all these teams are, like, really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, Before we start, any thoughts about the upcoming NBA season? I just think it's going to be really exciting and more exciting than it has been in the past few seasons just because the west is like far more wide open than it's ever been with kevin durant leaving the warriors and sort of a new influx of stars coming to the west and the east is also pretty up for grabs too so it's it's really kind of a hotly contested question about who is actually going to come out of each conference to meet in the finals so that sort of uncertainty is more exciting to me than just like oh it'll be the warriors and then for a while, it was the Cavs, and then, you know, there were only a few contenders last year in the East. Yeah, I agree. So, last year was a better season in that even though the Warriors did make it once again, it was nice to see a different team in the finals, and it was nice to see that team actually win the NBA Finals, which was really yeah, awesome go Raptors. to see. Exactly, yeah, the Raptors. This season, like you said, is going to be even more interesting because literally anyone, well, not anyone but like there's at least four teams in the west that could make it out of it easily maybe five I'd or say six more than that I'd yeah say like five or six maybe okay i'm gonna say five or six and i have a couple in mind that we'll talk about in the west episode for the east less options but you still can't guarantee who's gonna come out of the east again yeah i'd say for the east there's probably like four teams that i could see conceivably coming out although that might be a little bit much there's really two that i think have a really good shot and then two others that have like a possible shot sure and in this episode like i said we're gonna be raking the teams from 15 to 1 in the east check in next episode where we'll be talking about the teams in the west and with last week of basketball we break up this episode this hour-long episode into four sections we take little breaks to different things we're going to be doing some nba hot seat questions some nba games and we're going to start that first before we jump into ranking all the teams in the east are you ready evan i am ready what are we doing so first we're going to be doing some real news and fake news oh i like it all right so in this i'm going to be giving you four pieces of somewhat ridiculous nba news some this reminds me of have you ever seen wait wait don't tell me no it's this like NPR news quiz thing, and they do a game that's very similar to this, so I'm, I'm very excited about this. Alright, let's play this, and after you can tell me if I stole this idea or not, because I have no idea what it is. Okay. So I'm going to give you four pieces of ridiculous news, one of which, though, I made up. So Wait, you so have to tell three me. are true, and one is made up? Yes. Okay. Are you ready to go? I am ready. Alright, Orlando Magic last year. Kind of a surprise to me, the playoffs, good on them. Yep. But they congratulated at the end of the season one of their players for leading the team with the most assists for that team. That team and that player was Shel- uh, Selvin Mack, who led the team with 3.9 assists per game. 
Oof. Yikes. Thoughts on that? 3.9 assists per game. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and that led wow. the team. Wait, so am I supposed to guess if that's real or fake now, or do I hear all the options? No, you'll hear. It's just reactions first. Okay, I mean, that's just atrocious. Like, do they not pass the ball? Is it just, like, they, they like, pick whoever's going to, like, score that time, and they just try and go one on five? Yeah, pretty much. So, okay. number two, I'm trying to bring down my list. Where is it? Bang, bang, bang. So, number two, we're going to be talking about... Glenn Big Baby Davis. What are your memories of oh, the Big Baby? Oh, man, I love that guy. Well, recently he got arrested with 126 grams of pot. Eh, I mean... And $92,000 in cash. He then okay, well. responded by posting an Instagram video in which he eats Popeye's chicken. I mean, that sounds like a great night to me. I don't know about everyone listening, but... You get <laughs> some pot, you get some chicken, got $92,000 in cash... You played in the NBA for six mediocre seasons. I mean, what's not to like here? Exactly. Now, we're going to go to number three, which is Chris the Birdman Anderson. One oh, of my favorite. I know. One of my favorite players. I had to look him up because I wanted to see how he was doing, and I found the perfect piece of information that I had to put in this segment. So, did you know he's in China right now? Okay. Or about to be. And last year, when he was playing for the Beijing Ducks, I want to say. Yeah, Beijing yeah, Ducks. Right. Um, he led the league with 5.2 blocks per game. Ooh. Which ooh, is Bird dope. Man. Birdman back at it. I love playing as him ooh. in 2K. <laughs> that is that is fierce. So he was just, like, swatting shots all over the place. He did average 15 points per game, which isn't, like outstanding but it's pretty good too but 5.2 blocks per game is pretty dope if you're blocking five shots a game i don't care if you're averaging like three points a game i'm keeping you in there exactly that's pretty great um all right next and fourth our fourth and final option i got my list right here where did i put it okay charlie villanueva he was a journeyman the nba six foot eleven power forward he averaged around 10 points a game for his career. Pretty decent player. Mm-hmm. Someone recently broke into his house, didn't steal. I don't know if he's a championship ring or not, or how much money he has. Probably a good amount. He's an ex-NBA player. But they only stole Charlie Villanueva's toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of toilet did he have? Was it like a normal toilet? Or like is this like a special toilet? I do not know. I'm bringing up this article right now, this article that's either real or maybe I'm pretending. <laughs> that is absolutely hysterical, and I hope that's real. Oh uh, my god. No, it looks like a normal toilet. Alright, Evan, now the question is, which is the fake news and why? Hmm. Do you want me to go through them all again? Yeah, just give me like a two second refresher on each sure. one. Sure. Charlie Villanueva's toilet was number four. Number three was Birdman Anderson back at it in China, averaging a ridiculous 5.2 blocks per game. And uh, number two was Big Baby Davis having $92,000 of money in the car and so much pot. I think it was 126 grams of pot. 
if he responded by eating chicken on Instagram, if it number one was the Magic's leader in assists per game last season, only average 3.9. I feel like it's the first one or the fourth one that are the fake ones, or could be the fake one. I'm going to go with Charlie Villanueva's toilet as the fake one because I, even though I really hope that's real, I feel like I would have heard about that because it's just so hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. All right, and the fake piece of news is Burnman averaging 5.2 blocks per game in China. What? No, I was so ready to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew I would believe that because I love Burnman. <laughs> it's true. Evil. That was mean. Oh, so good. Oh, wait, so Charlie Villanueva's toilet really got stolen? Yep. He posted a photo on Twitter. You can find it with his bathroom, and the toilet is just gone. That's hilarious. Yeah. So there's just some dude out there who's just, like, stealing toilets. I guess so. I have I have a question, though. I have what? a question. For Charlie... I know you don't know the answer to this. This is more a question for Charlie Villanueva. Okay. Had he flushed the toilet recently, or was there just, you know, stuff in it? I don't know. I hope not. That would be pretty gross. But also, yeah. it's kind of weird just bringing someone's house and just stealing their toilet. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty weird. Oh, my God. That's great. All right. Let's move on to the main topic of the week, which is ranking all the teams in the East. So we'll be ranking them 1 to 15, starting at the bottom. We'll be taking turns. And, yeah. So, Evan, do you yeah. want to start or should I? Um, I'll start. So should I start with the team I ranked 15th? Yep. Talk to us about who's number 15 and why. Well, as we all know, Michael Jordan was a great player. (laughs) I know where this is going. (laughs) I mean, just phenomenal. You know, great jump shot, great competitor, scoring leader. But God, does he suck as like an owner and general manager. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) The worst. So, as should be apparent by now, I'm ranking the Hornets number 15. Because, I mean, losing Kemba Walker was a defensible decision because, you know, he was never going to lead that team to anything more than, like, just barely missing the playoffs or maybe at the most, like, just barely making the playoffs. But then, I don't know why they thought, like, let's go sign Terry Rozier for, like, a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. He's not going to do, you know, anything for for you. He's an okay player off the bench, but he's never shot better than 40%, I don't think, from the field. No, he hasn't. Um, and so he's pretty poor in that sense. And if you look at the Hornets roster, like, who do they have? I'll tell you who they have because I have their roster right here, Evan. Okay. Besides yeah, I, mean, I didn't even think of him. I'm going to bring up their by ratings so apparently they decide in this um, website to rank them by their ratings I believe it's by their 2k ratings okay. uh, their number one player is a 79 rating which that's not really that impressive which is Cody Zeller oh Cody Zeller yeah if, if your best the... player is Cody Zeller I feel pretty good about ranking you number 15 I can't disagree with that because they're also my number 15 uh, I was debating for a little bit if I wanted maybe the Knicks or Cavs but the Cavs next, I'm going to do a little bit of a, kind of, not a hot seat, but controversial topic. The Cavs next even make my 14 pick. Really? Who's yes. your 14 pick? We're going to go into that. But Hornets, oh my god, when your team is comprised of Miles Bridges, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, Terry Rozier, 
Bismack Biombo, Nicholas Batum, Tony Parker, who's like 40 years old. No, he's 37 apparently. I thought he retired, or is he, is he coming back again? I thought he retired too. He's still in this lineup, though. Okay, I think I'm going just... to Google this real quick. Yeah. So, if your team is comprised of its best player being Cody Zeller, I'm sorry, they're not going anywhere. And Terry Rozier, I'm sure, will be their biggest scorer, because who else is going to score on this team? This is a horrible lineup. Yeah, he's going to brick so many shots, though. Like, even if he averaged, like, 18 points a game, that'd probably be on, like, 26 shots per game or something like that. Oh, yeah. And besides him, who's going to be doing scoring? It's not like he's, like an Allen Iverson that can lead him by himself. Like yeah, Marvin no, it's Williams, gonna be, Michael it's King gonna Gilchrist. be a rough year in Hornetland. They're not going to be able to score. They can't defend. It's just going to... They should just play from the number one pick, honestly. Yeah, and they're probably going to. Okay, so let's move on to... I already went over my 15th pick. That was the Hornets. Number 14, let's do it. 14 for me, I decided, all right, controversial pick time. Number 14 is the Washington Wizards. Okay, okay. I mean, that's that's a little controversial. I mean, I think they're going to be bad. I didn't think they would be that bad, but why do you think that? Okay, well, John Wall's going to be out the whole season or most of the whole season. You're right, right. Bradley Beal, incredible player. I think they're going to trade him soon. I don't Really? I think you you have a lot more faith in the Wizards front of the office than I do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a lot more faith in their stupidity. Yeah, and besides that, it's just Thomas Bryant, Isaiah Thomas, Ian Mahimi, there's no one on this roster. Literally the only one that can do anything is Bradley Beal, and he can do only so much, and it was a little bit tough going with the Knicks or Cavs over them, but I'm putting my faith on everyone else just not putting any heart into it, just like every other wizard season, except this time they have like no talent. And this time Bradley Beal gets shipped off. And even if he stays the whole season, I can still see them being number thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Alright, Evan, talk yeah. to us. Fourteen. Alright, so fourteen I was debating between um, the Cavs and the Knicks, and I ultimately went with the Cavs. Um, I think I don't really know what the Cavs' plan is because they drafted another point guard um, in addition to Colin Sexton. And I mean, you look at this lineup, and you know, it's just a bunch of really young players who are mixed with kind of old, overpriced veterans. And I don't know where the scoring is going to come from other than the two draft picks and the two point guards. And I don't think that they're going to be able to defend at all at that spot. And they're just going to get roasted on defense. And so this is definitely another rebuilding year for the Cavs, who have yet to prove that they can do anything without LeBron James. Mm. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I can see that. And 13, you want to lead us off. So 14 is for you, the Cavaliers. Who is number 13? Well, I'm going to enjoy this one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Since the dawn of time, (laughs) um, there's been a team in New York called the New York Knicks. And they're bad. They're just really bad. They're, oh my god. So... For those of you who need a refresher on what the Knicks summer was like, um, they went into the summer looking for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and maybe Kawhi Leonard. And they came out with um, 
Julius Randle and four other power forwards. I know. Ah, oh, so good. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like, this team has a little bit more talent than the other two bottom-dwelling teams just because Julius Randle is, like, a decent player. But they just don't fit well together. I mean, four power forwards on one roster and then just a bunch of kind of mediocre NBA players who either are veterans over the hill or young players who haven't quite figured out how to put it together. And so it's going to be another rough year for the Knicks, especially looking across the river at the Nets who got uh, got Kevin Durant, got Kyrie Irving. Speaking of the Knicks, did you see what Kevin Durant said about the Knicks organization? Uh, no, what did he say? Basically, he was on a podcast or some news place, and they were asking him about the Knicks. Because every single summer... Summer, it's like who's gonna go to the Knicks? Who are the Knicks are gonna get? And then they get no one. And he brought something up that was that kind of makes sense. He basically said that a lot of people refer to the Knicks of what they were in the organization that they were the Knicks, the New York Knicks. But for a lot of NBA players, we gotta remember most of them are in their twenties, their early twenties. Right. So for them, they've only grown up with them being really, really bad. That's true. Yeah, I dysfunctional. Mean, since like, I mean, the Knicks had like a decent stretch in the '90s where they, with Patrick Ewing, and then like an okay stretch with Carmelo Anthony in his prime. But they've never really competed for a championship since like any of the NBA players have been alive. Yeah, and I that's, think that's a fair point. That's why every summer I'm like, what's the big deal with the Knicks? At least the Lakers, they've had some bad years, but only for like a couple seasons, and they have an organization that's won 15 championships. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think until the owner, James Dolan, sells the team, I think it's just going to be badly mismanaged. I mean, he's just, he's kind of got his fingerprints all over that. He's like, I mean, is Michael Jordan, like, taking lessons from him or something? Because they seem to be, (laughs) they seem to be, like, just really running their teams into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan used to compete against the Knicks on the court, and now he's competing against them off the court to see who's the worst team. Oh, shit. That was a good Damn. one. All right, number 13 for me. Oh, no, where are we on? Are we on 13? Yeah. 13 for me is the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks are horrible. How and why would you sign five different power forwards? Oh, they had five power forwards. I am putting them a little bit above the Wizards in that I hope he does super well, and maybe... He can lead them to something, is what I'm hoping yeah, for. Yeah, that's true. That was a pretty good draft pick, and he could be a good NBA player. He's just so young, though, for right now, so I don't think he's going to do too, too much for them. Exactly. So, but, there's nothing else to this lineup. Like, Dennis Smith Jr. is a pretty decent player that came from the Mavericks. His rookie season, he averaged, like, 17 points a game. So he's not he's bad. He's one of those inefficient ones, though. Yeah, he's, so the next, I don't know, it's just so many power forwards, a lot of, like, no-talent players, not really a ton of veterans. It's just, and the veterans aren't even of that much use. It's not like veterans with something to teach the younger players with. They're just kind of there. So North 13 is the next. They're going to be really bad, but the Hornets are going to be worse. And I'm gambling on the Wizards being worse. Just because yeah. I'm hoping that their young players maybe can win enough games to beat out the Wizards. We'll right. see. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, Knicks fans. It could always be worse. You could be Hornets fans. It's true. You could it's be true. the Hornets fans and just stuck in mediocrity for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, next, Evan. Let's talk about number 12. It's my turn. 12 for me is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, okay. We saw this. This is coming. Uh, yeah. For this, it's so weird, like you were saying, because they got Kevin Love still, and they're kind of balancing out some veterans with younger players, like almost they're, like they're trying to make a run for something, but they're not. But looking at this roster, I will always put this roster above the Knicks. And above even the Wizards with Bradley Beal. Because there is some good young talent. It's not enough to win enough games next season. They're going to be really bad. But if you look at it, Jordan Clarkson. You got their uh, Garland, who is their new um, point guard they drafted. As well as Sexton. They got Brandon Knight, John Henson. Larry Nance Jr. is pretty decent. It's a bunch of pretty decent younger players. So I think... yeah. Yeah, they're decent. They're not going to win any games and they're going to be bad for a while, but it's just good enough to beat out the rest of these horrible teams in the East. How long do you think that they keep Kevin Love for, though? Because I, if I were them, and, you know, I haven't factored in that their front office might be really stupid, but I would be, you know, trying to trade him as soon as possible and get a decent return because, I mean, like you said, they're not competing for anything this year. Yeah. Well, they're only... Uh, apparently, he's making $28 million, so what can you really do with that? I mean, you just got to find a team that has a little bit of cap space open or a team that's desperate enough. Maybe like a team that's in the mid-tier of the Western Conference that would take a gamble that Kevin Love would put them over the top. Yeah. Maybe a maybe a Portland um, or like a Spurs, although they already have a power forward. Um Maybe even a Houston if they could get creative. Sure. Um, so sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I would if I were them, I'd be exploring that for sure. I would too, because like a team like the Trailblazers would probably love to have him on their roster. Yeah, and I'm not sure how the salaries would work, and maybe it's not possible, but they should definitely be looking into that. Yeah. So the Cavaliers not going to be good at all. They have enough young talent. Maybe they'll win some games, but it's going to be another horrible season for the Cavalier fans. All right, Evan, talk to us about number 11. I'm at, I'm at 12. Oh, you're at 12? Yeah, I'm sorry. What is number 12 yeah. for you? Uh, so 12 is the Wizards. Um, I'm I'm pretty low on the Wizards, too. Like, I, I think that you could be right that they could sink all the way to 14. But I'm just banking that the Wizards' office, front office, is stupid enough to think that they can compete with just Bradley Beal and a bunch of nothing surrounding him. Um, and that they'll just kind of ride out the season and try and keep their one star around with the hope that John Wall would return and that they can once again rise to their second round mediocrity of the glory days. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think that that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just Bradley Beal and just a bunch of below average NBA players around him and he's a great player but he can't carry this team by himself and just also with the dysfunction dysfunction around the Wizards for the past few years I think this is a organization that doesn't really like playing with one another and that's not going to help them either yeah I can see that so let's take a little break our second marker of our hot seat question, but it's not going to be a hot seat question, it's going to be a hot seat topic. Evan's going to talk to us about his opinion and catch us up on the China deal with NBA. What is it? What's going on, Evan? Yeah, so this has been a big story in the NBA in the last week. 
Um, basically, for those who haven't been following it, talking to you, Austin, um, it started with the Houston general manager, um, Daryl Morey, tweeting his support for protests in Hong Kong. Um, and so protesters in Hong Kong are basically um, trying to limit Chinese interference in Hong Kong, which is sort of a semi-autonomous territory that's in some ways, in a lot of ways, controlled by China. Um, and so China is very angry that Hong Kong is protesting against them. And the NBA in China have a lot of business interests that are in interconnected. The league has been trying to expand into China for years now. Um, and so there was a massive, massive uproar after this tweet. Um, China condemned it and a bunch of um, Chinese networks said that they would no longer stream NBA basketball games during the season. Um, Daryl Morey ended up sort of kind of apologizing for it. Um, and the NBA released this statement that was like, we kind of wish he hadn't said it, but also we like nodding towards like supporting his free speech rights. So they were kind of just trying to have it both ways. And now some NBA players have come out and stated their opinion. James Harden um, basically like apologized for it and said like, we love China. And LeBron James was like, Daryl Morey was uninformed and shouldn't have tweeted about this. So that's sort of what's happening. My opinion on it is that I just, I don't know what these NBA players are doing in terms of their response and what the NBA is doing in terms of their response. Because in the last few years, the NBA has trying to kind of tried to market itself as like the, you know, quote unquote, social justice league. Um, and... You know, they've spoken about racial justice and police brutality. and But now when it comes to something that can affect their bottom line, so suddenly they're, you know, not about that. And they're saying, oh, we shouldn't talk about China. And it's like, you know, you have so much money already. James Harden has like millions upon millions of dollars. And so does LeBron James. So does the NBA in revenue. You can afford to take a little bit of a revenue hit in order to say what you really believe. And if you're going to market yourself as the Social Justice League, like you kind of have to um, be there for all of it, and not just you know things that don't affect your bottom line. So I was pretty disappointed with the NBA's response. I was pretty disappointed with LeBron James's response and with James Harden's response and with some of the responses of owners around the league who are just sort of bowing to totalitarianism in China in order to protect their dollars. Um, so that's my take on it. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see what you're saying. That, huh, that does seem like a really controversial set of opinions that's going around. And yeah, I kind of don't like how the NBA, it kind of, they kind of do play off that, the social, like, I don't know, not social justice, but the justice, uh, words, justice, like, they kind of show off that, hey, we're the NBA, we're so good for everyone, we include mm -hmm. everyone, but on the same time, it's sort of about the money, too. Yeah, absolutely. Much I mean, the, the NBA is always going to be a corporation at the end of the day, and that means that they're always going to prioritize money. And so, I don't, I mean, I agree with the NBA players that, you know, racial justice should be a thing and that police brutality is bad, but it's just frustrating to see them only limit their politics to those things and not anything that is at all related to their bottom line. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, let's get back to ranking the teams in the East. Now going to number 11. Evan, hit us off with number 11 on your list. 
Okay, number 11. So I feel like this is sort of entering a slightly different tier of the East. Like those those four teams that we already named that we had in different orders between the two of us, I think are definitely the bottom tier. This is sort of starting to get into the middle to bottom tier for me. So at number 11, I have the Bulls. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm not... You know, I don't think this is a playoff team, but I'm not super down on the Bulls either. I think they have a lot of um, young talent that could blossom into something in a few years down the road where they end up being a playoff team. Zach Levine is a great scorer. Um, he needs to work on his efficiency and his defense, but he can he can probably win them a few games just by lighting it up from the three-point line. Um, and they have a collection of, of young players around him that I think will only... Um, continue to grow so I don't think that this year is quite their year but I think things are are somewhat looking up for the Bulls okay uh they're also my number 11 pick too and for the next couple teams I was kind of debating who should go where but the Bulls eventually came under the Hawks for me just that there is some talent here but it's just not enough compared to some of the talent that we'll talk about for the Hawks and some other teams. Zach Levine's pretty good and I'm very high on Laurie Marketing, I believe his name is. But Yeah, the the like the Finnish dude. Yeah, seven foot tall player. Besides that though, it's kind of a bunch of young players but they're not I would even say that a bunch of them don't even have the talent that some of the Cavs' young players do. But there's more talent spread across the board, I would say. Um, So I'm going to put the Bulls at number 11, just above the Cavaliers. Because I think there is more talent top to bottom. But really, it's like two players, Zach Levine and the Finnish player, Laurie Markkinen. I, I don't know, that's not a great lineup. I think bad. they both have so much potential, though, to be like all stars, both of them. So if they, I think if they both blossom into all stars, the Bulls could be something exactly pretty good at some point. But that's a big if. Like you never know if it, if you know that's actually going to happen. And I think even at if they don't get that potential, I think this will still be eleven. They will be better than the Cavaliers. But mm-hmm. at their peak, this team has so much young players. Like there's like no veterans except for Thaddeus Young. Which, kind of a weird choice for him to go there, but he will help the team out. For sure, yeah. I think this team could be pretty good, almost like a Magic situation, Orlando Magic, possibly. We'll see. Like on the upper echelon, they could sneak into the playoffs, possibly. Possibly. Maybe not this season, but definitely next season. That's kind of where I have them, too. It's like, maybe, but probably not. Okay. Number 10 for me is the Atlanta Hawks. Is that where yours is at, or no? No, I'm 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 much higher on the Hawks than you are. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So I was debating and between the Pistons and the Hawks, eventually I put the Hawks here. I'm very high in the Hawks too, sort of. They got a lot of good young talent, but I don't know, just they're not gonna sneak into the playoffs for me, but maybe in a year or two. Maybe I can definitely see them there. But I like what the Hawks are doing. They're not like the Cavaliers that's like, what are they doing? Or the next, like, where it's like, what the hell are they doing? They actually have a plan <laughs> that's going forward with. And it's a good plan. And the players they've been drafting seem like they could be pretty good. Uh, John Collins is already a good young power forward. 
So, I, yeah, I can see them being pretty decent in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm... We'll, we'll get to what I think about the Hawks, um, but I'm, I'm a little bit higher on them than you are. Okay, who's number 11, no, 10 for you then? So, 10 for me, I definitely struggled with, like, 8 through 10. I went back and forth a few times. Um, but I ended up going with the Magic for number 10. Um, Ooh! Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't think this is a bad team, necessarily. Um, they have a really stellar defense, which they showed um, last season in getting into the playoffs. But I think they're just going to struggle to score enough. Um, and that was a big problem for them last year, too. I mean, Aaron Gordon is a decent scorer, um, but he's not an elite scorer. Um, Nikolai Vujovic, something like that, um, is probably their best player, but he is aging and he's still not an elite scorer and then they just kind of have a collection of young players around Markel Fultz has potential but you don't know if he's going to come back Mo Bamba was kind of a little bit of a disappointment last season in his rookie year Um, and so I'm not sure that this team can take the next step forward and I I think they're for me a prime candidate for regression one of those teams that was like a feel-good story making it to the playoffs but takes a step back the next year just because I think the way the NBA is going with high scoring and three-pointers and fast pace, this is almost a throwback team and they don't quite fit. Um, So I could see them possibly making the playoffs, but for right now I have them at number 10. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, that's actually a pretty good, that's a pretty good pick actually. All right, Evan, talk to us about the one team that's going to barely miss the playoffs at number nine. All right. So at number nine, I struggled with this a lot, but made a bold prediction, and I'm going to put the Detroit Pistons at number nine, missing the playoffs. Same. Okay. Um, and so, you know, obviously this is a team with some talent. Um, Blake Griffin um, kind of heads this team as their only all-star. Andre Drummond is a pretty good player, too. Derrick Rose can still score. Um, Reggie Jackson can score. But really... That's all this team is, um, is those four players. They don't really have much else. Blake Griffin is a big injury risk. Um, He's been injured before in his career, and he probably will be again. And even if he's not, him and Andre Drummond just don't fit together in today's NBA. Two massive big men is not really the way that the league plays anymore. They mostly play small ball four. And I think because of that, Blake Griffin is going to struggle to defend power forwards who are more like small forwards um and this team is just going to give up a lot of points and i just don't think they have enough scoring to make up for that yeah that's why i put them at number nine i debated if i want to put in the playoffs just because they're coach dwayne casey but then i was like no no i don't like what you guys are doing with your franchise like how we're talking about how you're going to talk about how the Hawks are going in a very good direction. Even the Bulls are heading off in a good direction. The Detroit Detroit Pistons have enough talent that they made the playoffs last year before they got swept. Um, (laughs) And if they make the playoffs this year, I guess it won't be a huge surprise, but I don't want to put them in the playoffs. You don't want to put them in the playoffs because at the end of the day, it's what are you doing playing this game? type of big ball with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. This isn't the NBA anymore. And I'm not even super hyped about Andre Drummond. He gets paid a lot of money. He's a pretty good center. 
but his style doesn't fit this NBA. And even if it did, I wouldn't put him in the top three centers anyway. Oh, no, say. absolutely not. not One improvement for the Pistons, I will say, is that it does appear that Jose Calderon is no longer on their team. Woo! No more Jose Calderon. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, I mean... He was your MVP against the the Bucks, but you know I think he's taking a little bit of a step back. Yeah, that's true. Um, they did sign Derrick Rose. That's like the only no. They so they signed Joe Johnson too. Oh wow! I mean, yay! Yeah, that's their <laughs> I mean, big signing. Joe Johnson signings. was an NBA player, but he is super old now. I kind of feel bad for Blake Griffin because he was supposed to be a Clipper for life until they traded him. And apparently he spent a lot of time uh, with free agents this year trying to hype them up and try to get them on the Pistons. So basically he was out there kind of doing the work that the Pistons should have been doing, but he did it himself. But in the end, they only signed Derrick Rose and Joe Johnson. Yeah, it's a bit of a rough sell to be like, hey... Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. <laughs> you want to come to Detroit? <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a rough sell there. Yeah. Could you see this team? We said that there's a possibility, just like last year, they can sneak in the playoffs. If they make the sixth seed, would that be a shock? I'd be pretty surprised. Like it's possible. It's like as possible as the Bulls making the eighth seed. Like it's. I'd be pretty surprised, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. But Pistons. I think if they're making the playoffs, it's probably going to be as an 8 or a 7 seed. Exactly. Would you be shocked if they fell down to the 12th seed? No, not at all. I okay. be shocked. So um, definitely more so on the lower end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think just so many injury risks and just the weird, outdated style of play. So I wouldn't be surprised if this team crashes and burns. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me for the playoffs was the Orlando Magic. They made it here last year as a seventh seed. I was deba- debating who to put in the playoffs between the Pistons, Hawks, and Magic. Um, I put them here because I'm hoping Mobamba will continue to develop into a very talented mm-hmm. young player. And maybe he can take over as their starting center, and then they can get something good in return if they trade uh, Vujicic, is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the rest of their younger players, like Marco Fultz, Aaron Gordon, continue to improve. But if they did fall out of the playoffs and the Hawks didn't make it in, I think that is actually a good pick on your part, because the Hawks, they got some good young talent, but the Hawks have been pretty bad for the last couple seasons every year improving a bit and I think this year they'll be really good for what they've been doing the last couple of years but for now I'm going to just go with a safer pick with the Magic. They have some veterans that are pretty decent Marco, Michael Carter-Williams, Evan Fournier, players like that, uh, Jonathan Isaac so I'm going to say oh Terrence Ross too so I'm going to say barely the Magic are going to make the 8th seed. That's more of a safe pick than a really controversial pick. But I'm going to say Magic number 8. Alright. Joke's on you. I have the Hawks as my number 1 team. I'm just, I'm really high on them. Oh, wow. What a surprise. <laughs> Alright, who's number 8? Yeah, no. So the Hawks are number 8 for me. Um, and this might, it's possible that this is a little bit of a stretch and that there may be a year away um 
like maybe next season would be a more appropriate time to pick them for the playoffs. But I don't know. I'm really high on this team. I think, you know, Trey Young really struggled at the beginning of his NBA career for the first half. But then in the second half, he came on really, really strong. And he looked like a a really big future star, um, shooting threes really well, scoring really well, um, getting like seven, eight, nine assists per game. Um, Looked like a future NBA all-star point guard. And then, up, you know, to that to that roster, they've added Cam Reddish, who kind of fell in the draft, but who I think has a lot of potential. Um, he's very athletic. He was kind of overshadowed at Duke by um, by Zion and um, R.J. Barrett, but I think on a team without those those guys, he could definitely shine a little bit more. Um, and then they also added DeAndre Hunter, another high draft pick, who's um, a pretty NBA ready player. I think he was. Um, a three or four year player at Virginia. So he comes in pretty polished, I think, ready to contribute. Um, and they also have John Collins, who's um, a really talented young power forward, who I think averaged maybe like 20 points a game last year. I might be making that up, but I, I think he had a pretty good year 19.5 points per game. Um, and they also added some, some veterans. They have Chandler Parsons on the roster, they have Jabari Parker. That'll add a little bit of scoring punch off the bench. So I think this is one of those situations where things could, you know, kind of blow up and not work and go badly. But I I see a pretty good possibility that the young players um, have enough potential in a weak East to score enough points to push them to the eighth seed. Okay. Uh, Thinking about that, I can kind of agree with you. There's enough good young talent. Trey Young is very talented. And you did mention there's some really good veteran players coming off the vet bench that can help them out from Vince Carter. You said Chandler Parsons is on them too? Yeah, I didn't know that, but I just Googled their roster and yeah. he is appearing on their roster here. Okay, yeah. And It looks like they also have Evan Turner. Evan Turner? Oh, that's good. And Yeah, so they have some, some good you know veterans to fill in around the young players. Oh, wow, this is Jabari Parker too. Um, that'll be kind of interesting yep. to see what happens with him. But, yeah, this is actually a pretty good lineup. I'm not going to lie. So, they, um, they also have Alan Crabb, um, who was last year on the Nets. And, you know, he struggled on the Nets last year. But he's a really, really good shooter. Um, and he can come off the bench and, and stroke some threes for them. So, sure. you know, I think they, they um, you know, I could see him winning, like, being a 500 team at the upper echelon of their potential for this year being like 41, 41, or 42 and 40, just kind of sneaking into the eight seed. Makes sense. Okay, I think that is a pretty interesting pick, and I, if they don't make the playoffs, it's not going to be a shock, but I would love to see right. them in the playoffs. Kind of like how last year we were excited that the Magic made the playoffs and how the Kings almost made the playoffs. That's what I'm hoping for the Hawks. Okay. Yeah, it's nice to see a scrappy young team make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, it is. So for before we get to 7 through 1, let's do a quick little game that I'm calling 5 under 10. So I'm going to give you a topic, and you got to name 5 things in that topic in 10 seconds. Wait, 5 things? What do you mean by 5 things? Um, Say, for example, if I said Leonardo DiCaprio movies, you'll name 5 movies with Leonardo DiCaprio in 10 seconds, but that's not going to be one of them. Okay. Is it going to be basketball-related? It's basketball-related. Maybe in the future we'll try different okay. ones, but for the first one, it's actually going to be four things. This one's going to be a tougher one. 
but we'll see how many you get. We'll see how many points you get, and we'll try to tally it up each week, I guess. Let me get a pencil and a paper. Okay, so this one is, you got to name four NBA teams. There's only four under this topic, and you're going to have ten seconds. We'll see how many you get. Are you ready, Evan? Uh, I'm scared. Okay, okay. If we start talking, I'll hit the buzzer or the timer. The topic okay. this week is the ABA, the American Basketball Association. Which four teams from the ABA merge into the NBA? Go. I think I know this. Brooklyn, New Jersey Nets at that point, um, San Antonio, Spurs, Denver Nuggets, Indiana Pacers. Okay, that is three out of four points. You said New Jersey Nets when the answer is the New York Nets. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I was I was like pretty close. <laughs> that was good though. Six seconds. Okay, good job, good job. Okay, are you ready for another? All right. Oh, we're doing another one. Okay. Yeah, I have to myself for a second. Hold on, hold on. I gotta take a breath. <laughs> all right. Ah, all right. I'm good. <laughs> okay, five and under ten players that were on the Super Sonics go. Uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, um, shit, Jet <laughs> Tell Shrimp, something like that, um, fuck, uh, uh I don't time, know. Time, time. I got Kevin Durant. You got Kevin Durant. All right, we'll give it to him. That is four <laughs> players in under ten seconds. Wait, Dead Tell Shrimp was in one? Yeah. Oh, okay, I just threw that one out there. I didn't think that was actually a thing. Oh, yeah, it was. The one that you could have also went with was Russell Westbrook. Oh, I thought for some reason I thought he came on there like after they had moved to the to OKC. Actually, you might be right. I should look that up. Eh, I don't care. All right. Well, good job. That is four and under ten seconds. Are you ready for one I can't more? I almost forgot about Kevin Durant. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, I thought that would be the first one he did. No, I just I was thinking the old Sonics, and then I was like, "What are the new Sonics?" Yeah, exactly. um, all right, I'm ready. All right, Evan, this one is NBA players that are playing in China. Go, Jimmer Fredette, um, Evan Sollinger, um, uh, Birdman, um, uh, uh, <laughs> and time. That is one. In 10 what? seconds. With Jared Sullinger. Wait, Jimmer's not playing? Anymore? Jimmer in has the, gone to the China? European League. Ah, uh, fuck you, Jimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that was fun. Catch Evan's struggle next time on 5 and under 10 seconds on oh next week's God. episode. <laughs> that game is so nerve-wracking. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm more scared in my life. <laughs> Wait, who uh, else is playing in China, though? I, like, legitimately could not think of others. Other players are in China? Um, okay, NBA players that are in China. So you just made up the whole Birdman thing. He's not actually playing in China. Nope. Oh, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sure that that was, like, you just made up the five blocks of game and that he was actually playing in China. Nope, he's not even in China. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, good stuff. Who else is playing there? All right, so we got Ty Lawson. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, Lance Stevenson was on. No, he is on. Wait, what? I thought Lance Stevenson was in the NBA still. 
Yeah, I did too. I thought he was on the Lakers. Lance Stevenson, according to this, is on the Leo Ning Flying Leopards 2019 to present. That's weird. That kind of makes sense, actually. He was kind of he was kind of trash. Jeremy Lin, Beijing Ducks. Oh, Jeremy Lin. I knew that one. Jared Sullinger on the Leopards. 2017 to present. Okay. Uh, right. Oh, I well, totally forgot about this NBA player. Brandon Bass. Uh, yeah, these are just all random NBA players. Tyler Hansborough. I don't remember. Uh, I should have started naming busted draft picks. Yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Ross Smith, don't know who that is. Justin Hamilton, kind of remember him. Uh, yeah, they- bunch of no names. Nah, no one cares about these guys. Fuck all these all guys. Right. Well, I did, I did good in the first two. Not so, not so good on that one. No. All right, let's get back to it. All right, Evan. Seven. I'm going to go this time. Number seven for me is okay. the Indiana Pacers. Oh, uh, wow. You're low on the Pacers. Yeah, because Victor Oladipo might be out a good portion of the year. And I am glad they added some players. Like, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is a really good pick. But they also lost, uh, what was his name? Boban? Not Boban. The white dude that shoots the threes. He went to the uh, Jazz. I know who you're talking about. He had some European name. Yeah, Projanovic, whatever his last name was. Yeah, he, he went to the Jazz, I think. Yeah, he went to the Jazz. Uh, so I don't think they really added that much. I think Malcolm Brogdon is a good player, but also that dude that went to the Jazz, white, tall dude, he's pretty good. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm going to put him at seven because them not having... Because... Look at it. Let's look at my boys, the Boston Celtics. We swept the team without Victor Oladipo. So that's true. true. And Victor Oladipo's gonna be out for a while. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm putting them at number seven. Yeah, actually, looking at my list, I'm not that much higher on them, but um, we'll get there. All right, but talk to us about number seven. So seven for me is the Raptors. Um, I think you know this is still a playoff team. You know, it was obviously a big loss to lose Kawhi Leonard. Um. And they had a magical season last year, and that's awesome that they won the championship. Um, but yeah, losing him is a big loss, and so I think they're definitely going to regress a bunch. But you know, you look at this team, and they still have some pieces. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry is an NBA quality starting point guard who provides a lot of leadership. Um, you know, good three point shooting, good passing, and I think what's going to be really key for them this year, and why I think that they're a playoff team, um, is Pascal Siakam. I think it's just going to continue to blossom into an uh, all-star. Um, he's not quite there in terms of how he played last season, but also he was kind of the second option um, behind Kawhi Leonard. So I think as the featured option, he could take that next step um, and lead this team with all-around sort of scoring, um, passing, rebounding defense. Um, and, you know, you, in addition to him with Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, and a really good bench. I think they just have enough to get ahead of like those teams like Atlanta, Detroit, and Orlando. Yeah, that's pretty fair. For number six, I put the Raptors, because you were just talking about the Raptors, so I'm going to jump to number six. The Raptors, too. I also agree with you in that I think Siakam is going to blossom into an all-star. I would say that, yeah, I'm going to say it, that I think he'll be an all-star this year. But, you know, losing Kyle Lowry... Oh, I'm sorry. 
Leonard is gonna, of course, destroy the team in terms of you know mm-hmm. championship potential. But you know they got the championship. That is a hell of a thing, especially for a team that's based in Toronto, in the NBA, yeah. where it's kind of based all around the big cities. But I accidentally said Lowry, but I'm hearing that he's gonna get traded at some point. Really? Yeah, I'm hearing the huh. Heat, the Clippers. Lakers and the Timberwolves are all interested in getting him. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's he's a veteran, and this team is not going to win the championship for sure this year. Um, so it wouldn't be a massive surprise to me if they sort of wanted to try and turn Lowry into some younger assets, like draft picks or good young players. Um, but I think maybe if they do keep them, they could make the playoffs. If they don't, then it might be a little trickier for them. Okay, that's fair. Um, number seven for you, Evan. I'm sorry, number six for you. Number six. So, number six is the Pacers. So, I guess I wasn't that much higher on them than you are. Um, I agree with you. Malcolm Brogdon is a really good, um, is a really good, uh, signing for them. Although, like you said, I think it is kind of offset by losing the, the white guy who shoots the threes, um, to the Jazz. And I guess I... I hadn't heard that Victor Oladipo is going to be out for most of the season. Is there sort of like a ETA for him, or do we not know? I want to say last time I heard it was going to be at least middle of the season. Yeah, so I mean, I think that hurts them too. Um, because even when he comes back, even if they get him for half the season, he's not going to be at full strength. When he comes back, he's going to take a little bit to be incorporated into the team and get his, his flow going. Um, so I think, you know, they have more talent than these kind of um, playoff teams that are or these teams that are on the, the playoff bubble. Um, but they're definitely sort of in that middle mediocrity, like definitely going to make the playoffs, but probably not going to make it out of the first round um, section of the East for me. Yeah, that's true. And say, let's just go off right at the bat. Just let's not talk too much about it. We need to keep going, but one team in the East that, would get a lower seed, so five through eight, they think could upset a higher ranked team. Um, I think, uh, I think the Raptors are maybe one for me, and the Heat are maybe one for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, because I think they just have a little bit more frontline talent than the Pacers do. Number five for you, Evan. Who is that? Number five is the Heat. Um, I think you know this is the team that that um barely missed the playoffs last year and they added um jimmy butler who i think was a good signing you know this is not a championship caliber team for me um you know they do have some talent you know goran Dragic is still there um at least for now although he might be traded i'm hearing that tyler hero um their draft pick um is gonna be a pretty good player and they, they're pretty high on him i'm always high on justice winslow um, even though he never really kind of puts it together, but he's always been a really good defender. Um, and they got rid of, um, what's his name, Whitehouse, the center guy? Yeah, Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside, um, who was kind of like a, a little bit of a cancer on that team, and he'll be replaced by Bam Adibayo, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who's a good young center. So I think this is a nice mix of veterans who can already play and young players um, with good potential. So I think they'll definitely be in the playoffs. I don't think they have enough frontline talent to be in the elite of the East, but they're solidly in that middle part of um, part of the playoff chase. Yeah, 
Um, I'll briefly speak on the Heat because the Heat are also number five for me. I think they could maybe make it to the second round possibly, but there's no way in hell they're making it past there. There's no way they're even close to an East Championship team. And having... Yeah. I, I don't know what's the deal with Jimmy Butler in that he had a good situation going to the 76ers. I don't know why he wanted out so much. I don't yeah, understand I don't, it. I don't get why he would go to the Heat because... Like, he claims to be all about winning, but, like, the Heat are not going to win a championship because he's their only all-star. Well, is it that he wants to win so bad, or is it that he wants to be around players that actually give a shit and want to try and work hard? Maybe maybe, maybe that's it, but I feel like you could get a situation where a team wants to win and a team also wants to try, and, like, the Heat maybe try hard, but they're just, they don't have enough talent to actually win. Number one, Jimmy Butler took the C-list players on the Timberwolves and beat the starters in the practice. Yeah, that was pretty epic. <laughs> That's pretty legendary. Uh, yeah, yeah, number five, this is a pretty good team. The Heat two years ago made the playoffs, I think they're number seven, and last year they missed the playoffs, so with Jimmy Butler, yeah, I can see them making the playoffs, and with the Pacers having injuries, the Raptors losing Leonard, and whoever's number eight is not going to be better than this team, yeah, number five makes the most sense. Number four for me is your boys, the New Jersey Nets. Excuse uh, me. I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. There you go. <laughs> um... The Nets, yeah, they got Kyrie Irving. When Kevin Durant eventually comes back, what, in a year after this season? Yeah, I mean, there's rumblings that he could come back this season, but it's looking more likely that it'll be next season. Yeah, so I'm not going to actually talk too much about him because I'll let you do it because you know this team. But just look sure. at this roster with Spencer Dinwiddie still on the team, Wilson Chandler, of course, you got to talk about Kyrie Irving, but also just like other players like Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Karis Levert. I'll let you talk about them, but yeah, this is a, definitely a talented team and definitely, I would say, definitely top four talent-wise, so hopefully they play well together. Yeah. Um, so, number four for me, we're just going to reverse our favorite team, so I got the Celtics at number four. Um, what? And, yeah, I won't, I won't talk too much. What? Okay, I'm sorry, keep going. I said what? Okay. Alright, talk about number four then. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'm actually, you know, pretty, it might not seem like it, but I'm pretty high on the Celtics. Like, I think that they're going to have a better season than they did, um, last year, even though I have them at the same seed as they got last year. Um, I think the, the mood around this team will be better with not having Kyrie Irving interacting with that locker room, which, you know, clearly didn't work. Um, and I think not having him there also opens up avenues for Jalen Brown, to Blossom um, and Jason Tatum to Blossom and Gordon Hayward's another year removed from that injury so I think he could have a better season and obviously they were able to replace a decent amount of the scoring punch that Kyrie brought by bringing in Kemba Walker who's not quite as good but is a talented player and maybe more of a stable locker room presence Um, so I think I think it's going to be really close between the Nets and um, and the Celtics for three and four um, and I could probably see it going either way, but I think I'm going to put the Celtics at four for now, and then I'll explain why when I talk about the Nets. Okay, sounds good. For number three for me, it's the Boston Celtics. My boys, I think that, yeah, it'll be somewhat close, but I still see the Celtics being at least three to five games stronger than the Nets, especially that 
the Nets are going to have to work around Kyrie Irving being his first season there. Um, and once Kevin Durant comes back, we'll see what happens. But no, I still think the Celtics going to be better, uh, better head coach. And a lot of the young players that we drafted are pretty good. Carson Edwards recently hit eight three pointers in five minutes in a game against the Cavaliers. And oh wow, yeah. And Jalen Brown, of course, is terrific. And NS Cantor doesn't get enough love for being. Actually, finally, the Celtics got a heavy-duty center that could actually do stuff in the paint and actually get rebounds and provide defense because we haven't had that in so long. Uh, Langford doesn't play defense. Oh well, he's kind of that big body person that we've been kind of missing. Not so much defense, though. I guess. All right. Yeah. He's he's a notoriously horrible defender, though. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. So not so much on defense. Pretty, and... he does get... Yeah. Yeah, so rebounds he'll hopefully provide and points. We haven't had a center that can really do the rebounding super well, but for terms of defense, we still have uh, we still that's kind of open still. There's Daniel Fies, but he's not going to play a lot. Taco Fall, who unfortunately just got moved down to the G League. Our seven foot five uh, center Taco Fall. Oh, Taco, I like I like Taco. He was nice. Yeah, and he was actually playing pretty well in the preseason, and everyone was loving him. And they decided to move him down so they can have so some no name player move up into the roster, which is kind of frustrating. Uh, and that's the thing about Celtics for the last couple of years, multiple seasons, we haven't had a really big bruiser in the paint. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. Basically, I'm relying on that Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown blossom even further is what I'm banking on. But I'm also really high in Kemba Walker. I think he's a terrific player as well as someone that's actually good in the locker room, unlike uh, Irving that your team has. So I'm gambling a lot on the young players we drafted and the young players, young stars that we have blossom and fervor is what i'm gambling on and hopefully brad stevens can actually be a decent coach this season sure yeah so i mean i think for me are we moving on to number three for me yeah so for three for me is the nets um and yeah i do think it's gonna be close between the celtics and the nets um but i think the nets have the edge for a few reasons um first of all i mean yeah let's just talk about this without talking about kevin durant because i don't think he's gonna be back um so let's just assume he's not gonna be there but I think Irving is a more talented point guard than Kemba Walker um, in terms of his efficiency and scoring. And, I mean, both are not terrific defenders, so I think they kind of cancel each other out there. Um, and I think he's going to be a little bit more motivated to um, be a good locker room presence than he was with the Celtics because this was his choice to come to Brooklyn rather than being traded to the Celtics. Um, and he has now that rep of being kind of a locker room cancer that he probably wants to shed. So I, I would be very surprised if he caused um, locker room problems with the Nets. Um, and then I think if the Celtics still had Al Horford, I would be very tempted to pick them at number three and put the Nets down at number four um, because I think he provided that interior defense, that leadership, that all-around good play with That's the passing and, and doing some scoring on, on the inside there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a really, really big loss for them because when you replace Al Horford with Enos Cantor, 
your interior defense is really going to suffer. And I think they're going to they're going to um, lose a lot of points down there just by centers putting up big numbers on him um, and not having that good interior defense. And for me, the Nets have that better interior defense they have. I hope they'll start Jared Allen, the, the talented young center that they have, who's um, put up some highlight reel blocks and some of the best players in the league. Um, and then behind them, um, behind him, they have DeAndre Jordan, who is, you know, not as good as he was before in terms of interior defense, but still puts up about a block a game and still provides pretty good defense. Um, and so I think that's one area. Those are two areas with the point guards and with the interior defense where I see an edge for the Nets. And um, in terms of the rest of the roster, I think they have a really well-rounded roster with a bunch of other scoring options in addition to Kyrie Irving. I'm really high on Karis LeVert, who's their young shooting guard. Um, He has some injury concerns, and that's kind of what stopped him from becoming an all-star last season, is he was putting up all-star numbers for the first part of the season and then got injured. But I think if he stays healthy... This is a guy who was averaging like 20 points a game in the playoffs against the 76ers um, and who can fill that second scoring spot as well as providing good perimeter defense. They're going to bring Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench as sort of a backup guard. And I mean, anytime you can bring a guy who averages like 16, 17 points off the bench, I think that's going to help you a lot. Um, At the forward spots, they're going to have two really good shooters, um, Joe Harris at the small forward and then I think they're going to start one of the most underrated deals of the summer I think um, was getting Tehran Prince from the Hawks um, who's pretty young small forward power forward combo guy who can shoot some threes and play some defense he averaged about 13 points a game last season pretty efficient player and I would be I would I think I would think that they would start him at power forward and he can provide that kind of tough nose defense three and D type of guy um and then off the bench, they'll have Rodion's Kuruk, um, who was a good young player who started for them a lot last year. Um, they'll have Wilson Chandler. And um, let's see, who else do they have? They have DeAndre Jordan and, and uh, Dinwiddie. So, oh, and Dizan Musa, who was a first-round pick a few years ago, who's been coming on really strong um, in preseason. So I think they have a pretty deep roster, and they have a few parts of the starting lineup that have slight edges over the Celtics. Um, I think, you know, this team is probably a year away from um, being an actual contender. I think Kevin Durant is that missing ingredient. Um, so I would be surprised if they, you know, made it. I could see them making it to the conference finals at the most, um, but I'd be surprised if they made it to the finals. But I think they definitely have a far more talented team than last year. Yeah, makes sense. And what you said totally makes sense in that Al Horford was the cog piece for Celtics and it's so sad to see him gone especially to the 76ers and we'll yeah. see what happens around him with the addition of Taco Fall and Cantor but they can't replace what he brought and yeah that was, that was a tough loss for them for sure big loss and Robert Williams who we drafted a year ago the young center it doesn't look like he's going to get much playing time this season either, so it looks like we did get a big L at the center position. I'm not going to really say the point guard uh, losing Irving for Kemba Walker is an L. I'm not sure if I'll call it a W, but definitely the center position is definitely an L for the Celtics. But I'm hoping that for chemistry, 
it will improve this season, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's yeah. talk number two. We both have the same two teams in our top two, so let's go over and see if it's the same ones. Evan, tell us who's your number two and who your number one is, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, so for me, it wasn't... I mean, I thought about it a fair amount, but it wasn't that big a decision of who to put number two and who to put number one. Um, I have the 76ers at number two, and, you know, I think... Getting Al Horford was um, a great group for them. Um, he provides, you know, with Embiid needing rest and having injury concerns, he provides that second big man. And unlike sort of the Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond combination, both can kind of play out in the perimeter and hit some threes, although Embiid's not quite as good at that. Um, but Horford definitely can. He can defend out there. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. And, um, you know, they did lose Jimmy Butler, but they got back Tobias Harris and they replaced um, Butler with Josh Richardson. And so, I mean, if you look at the starting lineup, it's going to be Simmons at point guard, Richardson, probably the the shooting guard, Tobias Harris, small forward, um, Horford, power forward, and then Bede center. I mean, it's a massive, massive lineup and it's a really intimidating defense. I mean, Simmons is a great defender. He can chase around point guards because he's fast. Richardson's a good defender. Tobias Harris can guard the three or the four for you. And Embiid and Horford are both great defenders. So I think this team is going to be really stingy on that end. And also with a ton of offensive options um, on the other end. The the one concern, obviously, being um, when you play Embiid and Simmons together, those are two um, not terrific shooters. So it might clog the floor a little bit. But I think they're both talented enough at least in the regular season, to overcome that. And so I would I would be surprised if they didn't win well over 50 games. Yeah, and I would say that if things go well for the 76ers, they could make the finals easily because that is a talented lineup. <laughs> I feel like losing um, who's uh, the shooting guard they had last year, the white shooting guard who went to the Pelicans. Oh, J.J. Redick. J.J. Yeah. Redick. I feel like that is also a loss. Uh, Dario Sarek, yeah, they've sure. lost two. Um, but getting Al Horford, that means a lot. That's really good. And they have Tobias Harris back. This is a really talented lineup. So we'll see what happens with them. But in terms of winning games in a regular season, I'm putting them at number two. And for the playoffs, who knows? I think a Bucks versus 76ers conference final would be very fun to watch. And we'll see what happens. And yeah, no, I, I think that's probably what it's going to end up being. And number one for both of us is going to be the Bucks, right? Yeah. So, yeah. do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you can go first if you want. Okay. So, I mean, for me, in terms of putting the Bucks over the 76ers, it comes down to Giannis. Um, you know, he's the best player in the conference. He's probably the best player in the league. Um, you could make that argument. And so I think he gives them that edge over the 76ers. Um, just by virtue of being better than any player they can put on the floor. Um, but this, I mean, the team that they surrounded with him him with is pretty good as well. Um, they lost Malcolm Brogdon, which I think was was kind of, was a pretty big loss for them. But I can also see Giannis growing enough from one season to another to kind of um, minimize that loss. Um, but around him, you have Eric Bledsoe, who, while inconsistent, can put up some big numbers um, and plays pretty good defense and had a pretty efficient season last year, actually. 
Um, you have um, Chris Middleton, who's kind of your second scorer. And um, he, I think, has played... Um, he could probably score more on another team that didn't feature Giannis. So he kind of gives up some of his scoring punch in order to, to see to Giannis. Um, you got Brooke Lopez, who had a fantastic season stretching the floor for them. And they also added Kyle Corbis, so they kind of replaced um, some of the shooting that they lost with Brogdon. Um, I'm looking at this roster, they also have a few other shooters. Wesley Matthews, um, Ersan Ilyasova, George Hill they still have. So, I mean, you have the combination of star power at the top with solid role-playing veterans. And this team, I think... Um, another reason they have a, a, an edge over the 76ers is that they're a little bit more, they know each other a little bit more, they're a little more cohesive. There are a lot of new pieces um, in the 76ers in terms of incorporating um, Horford and Richardson into that lineup. This team, the Bucks team, has played together for a year or two now. Um, and so I think that cohesiveness and knowing each other will push them over the top. Yeah. Uh, can't add too much to that in that the Bucks they could have and should have went to the finals last year they didn't but they lost some players they've gained some but top to bottom especially with Giannis in terms of the beginning of the season to end they're going to be the number one team the 76ers at some point maybe especially with their lineup starting lineup will have the better starting lineup and maybe more talent maybe but in terms of playing out the regular season, I think the Bucks will have better chemistry to finish the season. Also with them having the best best player on their team, which is Giannis, obviously. But we can talk about who will actually win the East in the future. But yeah, it's going to be the Bucks. It's going to be the um, top team. Speaking of the Bucks, what team could you see? And if you want to do it from the West, you could. What team uh-huh. could you see... Could be the Bucks of last year. The Bucks hope they came out of nowhere to be easily the top team in the East and the West. Is there any team that yeah, can surprise us? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, for me, I think it would be. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It might be New Orleans for me in the West. Mm. Um, Agreed. I think just kind of loaded with some veterans and just a lot, a lot of young talent. Um, kind of feels a lot like what the Bucks were, but also with the caveat being that the West is a lot tougher conference than the East is, so it's a little bit harder to kind of rock it up there like that. Yeah. Okay, and that was our episode on the East. How we're ranking them 15 through 1. Overall, some things we had a little bit up, a little bit down than each other, but it is pretty much the same grouping of teams, top to bottom. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, for me, there's kind of like, you know, there's the, the Wizards, Knicks, Cavs, Hornets tier. Then there's like the Orlando, Detroit, Hawks um, tier. And then like kind of Toronto, Pacers, Heat. And then there's the top four. So they're kind of broken up like that. Yeah. And I'm kind of looking at this roster for the Bucks. Isn't it kind of interesting that Giannis and his brother are going to be on the same team as well as Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez are going to be on the same team too? Oh, I knew his bro- I knew Giannis's brother was there. I didn't know Robin Lopez was on the team. Yeah, Robin Lopez is on the team with his brother. 
Yeah. Kyle Corver oh, is wow. there. Yeah, That's interesting. Fun the Bears. Yeah. Kyle Corver's yeah. there. Paul, Paul Gasol's on the team. Say again? Pau Gasol's on the team, so now they just need to trade for Marc Gasol, and they could have three sets of brothers. Is Pau Gasol there? I'm pretty sure that he went to the Trailblazers. Oh, really? Yeah, he went to the Trailblazers. Oh, you're right. He was listed on their roster for some reason, but now when I click on him, he's on... Yeah, it says the Trailblazers. So yeah. never mind. Huh. All right. And that wraps up this week's Last Week in Basketball. This episode will be up on Podbean and iTunes. And we update this on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Last Week in Basketball. Check us out next time where we'll be talking about 15 through 1 for everyone in the West. And then we'll announce what topics we'll be talking about in future episodes as the NBA season is right around the corner. This is Austin Evan saying goodnight. And we'll see you next time on Last Week in Basketball. Peace out.